It's me, the grizzly villain, Anthony Rowe, and this is The Buckle Bomb Show, Full Gear 2022 Prediction Show. Hello and welcome to The Buckle Bomb Show, AEW Full Gear Preview. I'm your host, Bobby. I'm so happy to be here to talk professional wrestling with you all once again. I will be joined by my broadcast partner, Anthony Rowan. It just won't be live. He was not able to record with me today, but we he did send in video clips on his thoughts for each match, and I will play those as I go through each match. So you will get both mine and Tony's thoughts on each match as we go along. Now we'll go ahead. I'm going to start by talking about there is one match that will be on... Um, the preview show but it's not even finalized yet until tonight on rampage it's the um let me see here it's the uh the aw world title eliminator tournament um we've already got ethan page has advanced to the finals on one side of the bracket but on the other side we've barely gotten started because of apparently uh Ricky Starks wasn't cleared to wrestle on the night that they were supposed to start his match, so they delayed it in the story. Ricky Starks got attacked, and they postponed the match and whatever. So tonight on Rampage, we're getting Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer. The winner of that will um, will uh, face, uh, who is it, Brian Cage in the semifinals. Uh, tonight, uh, or uh, excuse me, Saturday night on the Full Gear preview show. So, uh, I think I can speak for Tony here on this one. Uh, he did kind of send me a clip for this, but it was he had the wrong match. He actually uh, sent in, sent in his thoughts on a Lance Archer Ricky Starks match, but again, that's going to be on pri- on uh, Rampage tonight. Uh, to lead into a match. The winner of that faces Brian Cage Saturday night, tomorrow night, for full gear. I do believe Ricky Starks will uh, win on Rampage, and then that he'll win on the preview show, and that he'll move on to the finals. Uh, I think uh, think, uh, Tony is on the same page with me there. Uh, He did believe Ricky Starks would beat Lance Archer, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm willing to bet he also believes Starks would beat Brian Cage uh, in the semifinal match on the on the uh, preview show for Full Gear. All right, we'll go ahead and move on to the first official match for the Full Gear pay-per-view card. We've got a full card, my goodness, 10 matches to talk about here. Uh, I love the WWE pay-per-views lately. They've been getting shorter, only five or six matches on each one on, on a couple of them. So, you know, AEW is still full out, you know, so many matches. So let's just go ahead and jump right in. And I'll, uh, I'll throw it to Tony for this. What's, uh, what's the first match, buddy? Uh, we're going to start this off with Jeff Jarrett. And Jay Lethal versus Sting and Darby Allen. Uh, there's a lot of history between Jeff Jarrett and Sting. A lot of history between Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Sting. 
Uh, the only outlying factor in this to me is Darby Allen. Um, I believe it was a week or two ago, Darby Allen spoke about not needing Sting to hold his hand anymore. That's why you haven't seen Sting around. Obviously, with Jeff's first match with the company, you can't bury the dude out the gate. So I think we're going to go with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal for the win. Most likely ending with a uh, guitar shot over Darby Allen, uh, making it uh, seem like some fuckery on Sting's part. Not saying that's actually going to be, but it's going to look that way to Darby. And that's going to start the rivalry between Sting and Darby Allen. All right. I uh, kind of agree with Tony on this one. I think. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett will go over on this. Not necessarily because it's it's you've just brought in Jeff Jarrett to AEW. A, Jeff Jarrett's an established star, uh, even though he's already been in AEW. I don't think there would be any reason you would have to put him over. But I do think in this case, you put the heels over and you do further some of the tension in some way between Sting and Darby Allen. I don't think they break up tonight. I don't think this leads directly to a match between Sting and Darby Allen. But I do. I, I can see some sort of a finish where they're not on the same page, and it leads to a Jeff Jarrett guitar shot, just like, uh, just like um, uh, Tony says. So I think it would be Sting actually taking the guitar shot. And taking the pin in this one, I think, from Jeff. Uh, I, I, it is kind of fun that Jeff Jarrett just faced Ric Flair not too long ago in a tag team match, and now he's facing Sting in a tag team match. Uh, just an interesting little tidbit there. Three legends. All right, Tony, what's the next match you want to talk about? Moving on here, we have Soraya making her first in-ring debut match in five years. Her this is Rhea's in-ring debut in her first match in over five years. In-ring debut for AEW versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, it's been very intriguing how they've been building this match. It's been uh, cool to see Soraya come back. This is one of those um, always chase your dream scenarios, kind of like uh, Brian Danielson's been showing us. Um, last night, or pardon me, Wednesday night on Dynamite, uh, Dr. Britt Baker made one hell of a promo talking about how they are the company that kept professional wrestling alive during a pandemic. Um, you could tell the emotions were running with her on that one. And despite uh, Britt Baker potentially being the pillar of AEW, if we go back to that whole storyline, uh, I think you got to give it to Soraya. First match in five years, you can't, Again, with Jeff Jarrett, you can't bury her on her first go-around with the company. So I'm going with Soraya. All right, Tony going with Soraya there. I agree. Again, I don't think it's necessarily about the fact. In this case, I do think it's a little bit about, hey, this is her first go-around with the company. Uh, they just debuted her. They wanted her to look strong. You put her against what has been the top AEW women's talent for a while now in Britt Baker and I think Soraya can and should go over here I wouldn't be surprised to see Britt Baker uh, maybe use some chicanery some heel chicanery to get over but I think I think you put Soraya over here make her look strong 
Uh, yeah, and absolutely. It's fantastic to see her back in the ring. Um, obviously, they were building up to the announcement that uh, that she's been cleared to come back to the ring. Though, I, you know, obviously they've known that for a little while, but it, it, the buildup was nice, and when it finally happened, it was a big pop, big cheer, big moment. And uh, just great to see her back, uh, not only on TV, but in a wrestling ring tomorrow night. Really excited about that one. All right, Tony, what's the third match we're going to be talking about? Up next, you have Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Don't just call him Jungle Boy anymore. They're transitioning him into Jack Perry, more of a man role, versus Luchasaurus in a steel cage match. This match is intriguing. This is one of the more interesting stories that they have going in AEW television right now. Uh, Jack Perry coming back from injury, getting his revenge against Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus was Jungle Boy's pet dinosaur that turned his back on him and became Kane-esque, if you will. Um, putting them in a cage match because Christian Cage, a lot of cages in AEW, has been the interference in this for the most part. Um, the only intriguing part of this to me is that like, I still can't grasp is Christian Cage came back to work. He came back to be a wrestler. And he seems more of a mouthpiece for Luchasaurus, which is interesting. However, I think uh, despite being in a steel cage, it's not going to be without some fuckery. But I still think Jungle Boy Jack Perry goes over, ending the rivalry between Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. Well, no, not yet, because then you still got a match with Christian Cage that, Luchas that Jack Perry has to get through. So we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree. I, I love what they've been doing here with this. I like that they've taken uh, Jungle Boy and made him Jungle Boy Jack Perry and segued into using his real full name. Um, as Tony alluded to there, uh, Christian in more of a manager role here as opposed to a full uh, in-ring role, but I actually think that's great. And not that I don't want to see Christian in the ring, but Captain Charisma, man, he's he's an absolutely fantastic heel, and he'd be a fantastic mouthpiece, especially for someone like Luchasaurus, who can be that monster heel, and who just maybe needs needs that little bit of a of a mouthpiece to to get him over the top as a heel. I think that's a great role for Christian. I think what they've been doing with Luchasaurus, he says Kane-esque, and I don't entirely disagree with that. Uh, especially when he's up against someone who's so small in Jack Perry. I do think in the end, uh, Jungle Boy could go over here. I could see, again, I could kind of see this either way. It depends on where they want to go from here. But I think you put Jungle Boy over here to try and get him to the next step. Because you do, I would imagine, want to get to a match between Jack Perry and Christian Cage. Uh but yeah, all right. Tony, what's the fourth match we're talking about? Up next, I got Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose for the TBS Women's title. Um, Jade is the champion. Nyla has the belt. It's been a very interesting highway robbery theft story they've been telling. Um, obviously, Jade still has her undefeated streak going. She is the female Goldberg circa the 90s. 
And with all the weird twists and turns that they've given Nyla Rose since AEW has begun, because uh, if you remember in the beginning of the company, they were making her look like an unstoppable beast. And that just uh, fell by the wayside. Uh, so obviously Jay Cargill's going to go over. There's going to be some Vicky Guerrero fuckery. But um, that's not going to matter much here. Jay's going to go over. She'll probably have some help from the baddies. It's weird that she's the face in this considering she's been a heel her own entire run. So uh, that... TBS title's not going anywhere. Alright, here's here's a match that I think is wasted potential, I think you could say. Uh, Jade and Nyla Rose, they're they're both uh, big, powerful wrestlers, and to have them clash could be a big deal. The problem is they're both heels right now. And probably both should continue to be heels, but a heel versus heel match is very hard to pull off, and I don't think it's been done very well here story-wise. The match could still be interesting, but it's just getting into it. I kind of don't care. Um, I do think Jade Cargill will go over. I think that's also kind of obvious, obvious here, which makes it even that much less interesting to me. Which is kind of upsetting because I like both of these wrestlers, especially Jade. She's a she's a Star, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about that. She's got a look that is just gonna print money uh, once she can get some more experience in the ring, and she's been getting that, and she's been growing fast. Nyla Rose, yeah, like just a beast heel, monster heel, sort of like a Luchasaurus, like we were just talking about. But you know, again, heel versus heel is so hard to do, and in this, it's just like. Oh, Nyla Rose, Nyla Rose stole the belt and is calling herself TBS champion. And really just kind of annoying the actual TBS champion, who's also a heel. So it's just the annoyed heel versus the annoying heel. And it's just whatever. I, I kind of could care less, unfortunately, because I think there could be something to uh, this match and this story if it had done right. All right, Tony. What's the fifth match on the card tonight? Tomorrow night. Next up, I have Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. Excuse me. Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson versus Claudio Casanoli versus Sammy Guevara for the Ring of Honor Championship. My favorite part about AEW has been MJF over the last couple months. Uh, my second favorite part, though, has been Chris Jericho's storyline to just decimate the legacy of Ring of Honor and having an open challenge to any former Ring of Honor champion on AEW television. Um, his fascination with beating up Ian Riccoboni, uh, the teases of Caprice Coleman wanting to come out of retirement to wrestle Jericho, him spiking Jerry Lynn, of all people. This has been an intense storyline. Um, of course, it... At the root of all this, it boils down to JAS versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, we've seen Blackpool Combat Club be able to scrap with each other and pull out on the other side A-OK. Uh, as far as the Jericho Appreciation Society, I don't know. And the weird part is, is Sammy Guevara is the ringer in all of this because if you want to swerve, Sammy technically has no business being in this match. Uh, other than to make sure Chris 
goes over on Brian and Claudio. Uh, but I just... I don't see Chris Jericho losing it until final battle. Um, hopefully I'm right. Hopefully it's going to be against a, a surprise return of sorts. Think back to all the great Ring of Honor champions of the past. There has to be someone out there that just, just takes Chris Jericho by surprise, beats him. Maybe that starts a storyline of, hey man, you know, I wasn't ready. So I think we're going to get Chris to go over on this one this May fracture Jericho Appreciation Society. This might fracture Blackpool Combat Club. We shall see. Alright, this match is intriguing to me. Obvious for just because of the talent alone. Obviously you've got Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli who's who are two of the best wrestlers in the world active right now. Sammy Guevara, a huge up and coming star who's got a lot of talent and a punchable face, a great heel. And you've got Chris Jericho, who may be on the twilight of his career, but is one of the best ever to do it. So, I haven't been the... But on the other hand, I haven't been the biggest fan of the Jericho Appreciation Society, and in particular, this uh, sort of sports entertainment versus wrestling sort of story or angle that they've been going for. It's kind of been meh to me understand where they're going with it but it's just too referential to other stuff and I, I just I, it doesn't have a whole lot of meaning to me um, that being said uh, as Ring of Honor champion and what that championship means to someone to, to a lot of people and its history and all that stuff I, I can understand that role and I think that actually kind of works uh, so as much as I said I didn't like it, I think I've sort of pivoted a little bit with him as Ring of Honor champion. I think that's a great little heel move and a way to do that. And so now we've got four stars, a bit of an interesting hook. But yeah, I just I think one of the biggest issues here is I just don't see any way Chris Jericho loses this match. Um, it's still going to be some intrigue, some intriguing stuff, and obviously especially in wrestling. A lot of times it's about the journey. It's not about where you end up. So uh, it'll be a match full of story. Um, you've got two Black Bull Combat Club members, two JAS members uh, in a fatal four-way. Could there be some sort of screw-up? Could Sammy get the belt? Or Probably not. Almost definitely not. It's going to end up with Chris Jericho. But you've got all these different story potentials that could make for an intriguing match. All right, Tony, what's the next match? Next up, I have Chris Jericho versus Brian Daniels. Whoops, I cut to the wrong video. Next match, match number six. Moving on to a match that I think everybody's excited for just because of who's in it. The Acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory for the Tag Team Championships. The only reason I'm excited for this match is to see Max Caster's rap on the way to the ring, to see Daddy Ass, to see Anthony Bowen scissor the crowd. The Acclaim versus Swerve in Our Glory, again, does not excite me. The fracture that's happening between Swerve and Keith Lee, it makes, you know, like, just from that alone... 
they're not going over. Um, however, the acclaim is the hottest thing on AEW television right now. And I will argue the fact that the acclaimed has dropped some of the best rap songs of 2022. You can fight me on that one. I will die on that hill. So obviously the acclaimed are going to go over. I'm just curious to see if there's any debut after this match. Uh, maybe somebody puts their hats in the ring for the title. Maybe we get an FTR appearance because, uh, you know, they're, they're your, they're your ROH champions, your triple H champions and your new Japan tag team champions. And they're not appearing on dynamite as much lately, which is an absolute waste of talent in my opinion. So hopefully this does set up the FTR versus the acclaimed. All right, the acclaimed versus Swerve in our glory for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The acclaimed and Daddy Ass, absolutely the most over thing, perhaps in all of wrestling right now, certainly in AEW. The third match here in the series was Swerve in Our Glory. And I can understand a little bit of fatigue. I think two matches was good, especially since Swerve in Our Glory went over in the first one. And that was the match where we went, oh, wow, the acclaimed are over. At least for me, that was the first one. I went, wow, they're hot. And I think for AEW, it was a bit of that too. Oh, maybe we made a mistake in putting Swerve over in this, Swerve in Our Glory over. And they pivoted and they did a rematch and put acclaimed over. And now we've got sort of the rubber match between the two of them. And I think it's pretty obvious the, you don't want to take the belts off the acclaimed here. They're still one of the biggest acts in all of wrestling. And you've got some frustrations happening in the heel team of Swerve and Our Glory. Uh, will this break them up? I don't know. But I, I don't think there's any any chance the acclaimed go over. And I do think the rivalry has gotten a bit stale. So, uh, this will almost definitely be the end of it. As Tony said, I'd love to see FTR (laughs) actually fight for the tag team championships, the AEW tag team championships. They've got just about every other belt in the world other than the WWE. Like, let's, let's go. Why, why haven't they been in the AEW world tag team title picture, even though they've been ranked number one for, for forever it feels like so uh yeah hopefully that can lead into something with them two of the hottest acts in the world ftr and the acclaimed that would just print money Uh, it'd be fantastic and i would not be that upset if the acclaimed went over on them uh but that's a discussion for a future show hopefully uh but here the acclaimed i think there's not any doubt that they're going to go over swerve in our glory all right tony Match number seven. What are we about to talk about here? Up next, I have the trios tag team title, a match that was made last, uh, that was made Wednesday on Dynamite, where the the Death Triangle versus the returning Elite. Um, I hate to say this because I love Death Triangle, but the elite had just won the trios tag championships. They didn't make a single defense before all the, uh, all out stuff happened. So you obviously have to be looking into the other factors involved. The hammer storyline with, uh, Ray Phoenix and Penta versus, um, Pac and 
how they're kind of arguing back and forth about that petty shit with him using the hammer. And with them going up against the elite, one would think that the death triangle was just placeholders for the title. Maybe there was something in store for them later down the line that they just didn't get to. But we'll find out. But I just, yeah, you can't go against the elite on this one. Kenny Omega, regardless of what you think, is one of the top wrestlers in the world today. Uh, the Young Bucks going a little bit past their prime, I think. Um, maybe overstayed their welcome a little bit too much. See, the thing was with Kenny Omega, he was getting to the point where people were turning on, not just because he was such a great heel, but because he was around week in, week out, on Impact, on AAA, on AEW. Kenny Omega was everywhere because he was just everyone's champion. And uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. So that's why when Kenny came back, it was such a big deal. But uh, despite I think the Young Bucks need to take a little bit longer vacation, trio's titles are going with the Elite. Yeah, Tony, I agree with you here. And it's not out of love for Death Triangle. But do I think they should continue to be trios champions? Do I think they should go over here? 100%. Do I think the elite, the returning elite, are going to come in and book themselves as champions? 100%. Seems to be what they do. Um... Maybe it's just them, you know, saying, hey, we had a we had an idea of what we were going to do with this run and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, it got interrupted by the all-out mess. Uh, though I don't think they should have won it at all-out either. So, do I think the Elite's going to win? Yes. Am I happy about it? No. Uh, I, I just, I don't care for the Bucks style of wrestling at all. Um, honestly, haven't seen a whole lot of Omega. I'm kind of wishy-washy on what I have seen. Uh, there's some stuff I like and some things that I just... I, I, eh. But, I, I, you know, I can't... I haven't seen enough, personally, being late to the AEW game into the indie wrestling scene. I haven't seen as much of him. I haven't gone back and watched a whole lot of Omega uh, to really be able to have a full opinion on him. He's a star, and he's got a great look. That's There's no doubt about that. But I'm just... Eh, I don't think this is where... Eh, I don't think they should necessarily win this, but I think they will. And we'll go ahead and move on to the eighth match. Tony, what's that? Next up I have... Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter in the AEW Interim Women's Championship match. God, what a great story they're telling. Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter were legit best friends. They were roommates. They shared a flat together during the pandemic. They were locked down together. Um, things didn't go Jamie Hayter's way when Tony Storm was in NXT. Obviously, we know the story with Tony Storm and WWE, how they completely completely let one of the greatest women's wrestlers today slip through their fingers by just fucking bad booking and Vince McMahon being Vince McMahon. 
I don't see Tony Storm dropping an interim title to Jamie Hayter. If this was the actual women's championship, I could see it. Not the interim. It doesn't make sense with an interim title. Uh, unless an announcement happens from now till full gear that uh, Thunder Rosa's injury is a little bit worse and she's not going to be coming back for a bit longer and they just decide to drop it and make this match for the actual women's title, which is something I can buy if you listen to any of the dirt sheets or anything like that. They say Thunder Rosa's nowhere near ready to come back. Uh, the rehabbing from the injury is taking a bit longer than expected. So I can buy that. Uh, I can see this being for the actual women's championship. And if that's the case, Jamie Hayter, that would uh, fracture the little uh, DMD click they have going in the back, potentially. Because I don't see Britt Baker taking one of her teammates being champion over her. But uh, Tony Storm's not dropping an interim title, so Tony Storm for the win on this one. All right, yeah, I'm mostly in lockstep with Tony on this one. He mentioned uh, how long it's taken Thunder Rosa to come back from her injury and the surgery I think she's had. Uh, it did. It did uh, come out uh, within the last couple of days. There was an interview with Thunder Rosa where she says she's finally starting to progress. After a couple of months, she's able to run or at least do some light running. Uh, we've also got uh, Tony Khan was asked in a in a press conference going into the pay-per-view here at Full Gear that he... Uh, he was considering taking the championship off of, or at least considering making the interim championship a full undisputed championship for Tony Storm. But uh, we, that, we're not there yet. We'll see what happens there. As far as this match, I do believe Tony Storm will go over for sure. I don't think there's any way. Uh, I don't see Jamie Hayter going over here. Uh, it has been uh, an interesting story. Uh, I wouldn't say it's been the best. Uh, Tony's liked it more than me. But, uh, you know, there's there's some heat in the match for sure. But, uh, yeah, Tony Storm, Tony, Tony Storm over. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Whether or not we ever... I think you definitely get to a match with Thunder Rosa at some point. But whether or not we ever drop the interim tag is yet to be seen. All right. Tony, what is the second-to-last match we are going to be talking about? Another interesting match that's built up over the last two weeks. Your TNT Championship match, Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Samoa Joe, your Ring of Honor television champion. Uh, and a great promo between Samoa Joe and Tony Schiavone. This Wednesday on Dynamite, uh, Samoa Joe gave his reasons, and it actually made sense. Like, it wasn't one of those things like, oh my god, Samoa Joe, what are you doing anymore? He said, no, Wardlow threatened me. He said he's coming for all the titles. He said he's coming for what belongs to me, what I own. I don't take lightly to that, and I can't say that I disagree with him. Um... Power Hobbs is a star in his own right. He's been coming up great on Dynamite ever since the ending of the um, Ricky Starks-Powerhouse Hobbs rivalry. Not 
the uh, push I was expecting to see from Hobbs. I thought we were definitely going to be seeing a lot more of Ricky Starks. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I would love to just see Samojo versus Wardlow. I'd love to just see Wardlow versus Hobbs, Hobbs versus Samojo. However, we're getting a triple threat match. <laughs> One criticism that me and Bobby both give to AEW as a whole are these uh, six-man tag matches. They're these uh, triple threat tag team matches, triple threat matches. A lot of moving parts in a lot of these AEW matches. This one's no different. However, it seems like with the uh, mass appeal that Wardlow is getting lately, Well, it looks like his, I had cut his video off a little bit earlier there for some reason, the clip. I might have edited it early, but uh, to continue on with this match, uh, you did hear Tony talk about there that uh, how one of our criticisms is the big multi-man matches, and they have these trio championships now, and all these big multi-man matches can be... Uh, it, it can just be too much too much going on you know and then they get out of hand and the referee you know don't even know who's legal anymore and all this stuff or in this particular case it's just a triple threat match not not quite the same and beyond that i actually think in this scenario a triple threat match is the right move i don't think you know a i think a wardlow samoa joe singles match would do bonkers business it would it would be fantastic really great match you could have there and you could build to. I wouldn't want to do it off just a two-week build with Samoa Joe turning on Wardlow and attacking him. So you could play into a story of a future match between the two of them and have them come to some physicality here on the pay-per-view, but you still have Powerhouse Hobbs off to the side. Maybe, you know, I could see a Powerhouse Hobbs maybe even pulling this one off, but... I do think in the end, Wardlow, uh, Wardlow. I think Hobbs is going to be the one to actually take the pin uh, from Wardlow, and you could spin this and you can build to another match between just Wardlow and Samoa Joe that I think would do crazy good numbers, good business, and would be an intriguing match. I, I do think they fumbled the ball a little bit with Wardlow since the MJF feud, and he broke away from that. You know, he, Wardlow is one of the hottest wrestlers in the company, and I think he's cooled off a little bit due to some spotty booking. Uh, it, I think Samoa Joe's the perfect guy to pair him with to kind of build him back up, and that could be a hell of a match that we could get to in the future, and I like that this is not that yet. You don't want that yet because it's, it's not hot enough for that yet. You want to build up that rivalry, and I think this match could help do that. Wardlow goes over here. And I think we'll build to a Wardlow Samoa Joe match in the future. All right, Tony, let's talk about our main event. Finally, what I have here is the main event, or what I'm assuming to be the main event. Maxwell Jacob Friedman versus John Moxley for the AEW Championship. The storytelling for this has been incredible. 
we're seeing a different side with John Moxley where he's coming out and cutting these promos and he's just talking about he's better than MJF. He's better than MJF and MJF knows it. You know, he's talking about MJF beating up his young boy. He's talking about all this craziness that doesn't seem typical John Moxley. Like, it seems like they're kind of like flipping him on the side of like him almost being the heel. Uh, we saw MJF on Dynamite come out for the save when um, John Moxley was viciously assaulted. <laughs> um, so I truly think that they uh, had this thing on Dynamite where it pulled me in and I thought we were going to get some sort of stipulation with this match. Maybe a no disqualification match. Maybe a death match, lights out match, whatever. I mean, they had all the storytelling there for it. I just, I don't see this match ending clean. Um, you have the firm lurking in the background. So it most likely it's going to end in a disqualification. Which is bizarre because my original pick up until I took all this into consideration, was MJF going over. Um, it's been documented time and time again that John Moxley was going on a vacation after the loss of CM Punk at All Out. And, of course, CM Punk had to screw the pooch on that one. That's not a Larry dig. I hope all's well. But, yeah, uh, before this whole firm thing, the firm rivalry, the weird anti-hero MJF thing... I thought MJF was going over on Mox. MJF, your new champion. A hell of a time to make him champion. Dude's fucking over like Rover despite being a heel. But then you factor in uh, W. Morrissey. You factor in all you go Ethan Page. You factor in the firm as a whole. And I don't see there being any way possible that this match ends clean. I don't see it not ending in a DQ. So I think Mox is going to retain by disqualification, and this is going to set up some weird alliance between Blackpool Combat Club and MJF. Uh, maybe not with Mox wanting, because the dude definitely deserves a vacation. All right, Tony thinks this match will end in a disqualification, and therefore John Moxley retains. I disagree with him on that one. I think MJF goes over for sure here. Uh, though the firm and the way they've been telling the story is certainly an intriguing wrinkle where MJF seems to be going through a face turn or some sort of pseudo face turn. And look, he's a huge star. He, he gets cheered until he makes people boo him, uh, which he's incredible at and one of the best at in all of wrestling right now. But are they going to continue to turn him face? Or... Could this be a ruse and the firm has been on his side? He's been with the firm the entire time and all of this has just been, you know, I don't know. You know, obviously a big heel plan ruse to, in the end, the firm's actually still with MJF and they help him win the title here. That could very well happen. In fact, I would kind of bet on it. That's what I'm going to go prediction wise is that the firm will help 
MJF win the title here. And MJF will be solidified fully back into the heel category where he should be. And he will be your AEW world champion, as I think he definitely deserves, as perhaps the biggest star in AEW right now. Uh, You know, John Moxley and him, I think, are the two. So, I definitely think MJF walks away with the belt in this match. All right. That'll do it for our Full Gear preview and prediction show here for the Buckle Bomb Show. Tony, any last words, buddy? Tell me what I missed. Tell me what you think. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Go ahead down in the comment section. Please go ahead and subscribe to Bomb Media Productions. Go check out Pop Explosion, where my show, Qualified Human, is going to be airing very shortly. And check out all the great and exciting things that Bomb Media Productions as a whole has to offer. Until next time, until we can talk about the results. Peace. All right. Yeah, as Tony said there, go check out uh, BMP Pop Explosion. There's only a couple of subscribers right now. Go over there. There's going to be some exciting stuff. If you're fans of entertainment right now, I'm doing Andor Reactions and reviews on there. There will be other shows. Tony's going to have a show, a reaction show that we just talked about last night. Uh, and there's going to be some other stuff happening I'm really excited for. Also here on BMP Sports, there's going to be a lot of stuff to return the card. There's going to be a classic wrestling reaction show uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And a few other things that I've got in the works. So keep an eye out for all that stuff. Please give a, please hit the subscribe button if you can. And comment down below. Let us know what you think. All right. We'll see you guys Sunday for the Buckle Bomb Show. The preceding announcement has been paid for by Bomb Media Productions.